Welcome to the Endless Wealth Podcast. I'm a mama of two little ones, owner of a multi seven-figure real estate portfolio, and I'm your host, Sarah Miskelly. My mission is to show ambitious, high-performing women in business how they can stop chasing money at work and start making passive cash flow and build wealth from real estate investing. Just be ready because with the right ideas and advice me and my phenomenal guests will share in each episode, you will see things differently than you ever thought possible. All right, let's get into this week's episode. In today's episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I have gone through a massive life shift. My family has moved down to Costa Rica to a small surf town called Nosara, and we've been here for two months, and this experience has really been in this very transformative and I want to share some of the incredible life lessons I've learned just from being here so far in this very vibrant country you know it's a shift to nature and simplicity and you know community oriented living and I really want to contrast that too and blend it into what is going in and happening in the real estate market and the overall recessive economy that we're stepping into. And a lot of people are really suffering right now. Um, I'm going to give some real world examples. And I just want to show how, you know, shifting our mindset around most things is always valuable. And really the experience that I've had moving down here uh, and how I'm personally reworking my real estate portfolio, what I'm looking to do over the next few years, and what I've seen people in my industry, especially in U.S. multifamily, managing and dealing with. So it's going to be a packed episode. I can't wait to share more real life stuff that's been happening. So I first want to obviously start with the big move. So Costa Rica. Now, we had visited here a year before. We had some friends who moved down here, and I fell in love <laughs> When we first came down here and really the biggest thing is it is for the kids uh there is a really great waldorf school the kids are going to we're spending more time in nature uh you know there's a no tech at the school we're living a very simple life going to the market on tuesday to get fresh food and costa rica in particular the zone that we're in is considered a blue zone and what that is is there's only one in one in five in the world and it's where people generally enjoy an extraordinarily long healthy lifespan um, you know, residents in these unique locations in the world live to over 100 at a higher rate than the rest of the world. And there's a saying here, which is the Pura Vida lifestyle. And it's really just slowing down a lot more, uh, finding more of a community and, you know, spending more time in nature. I mean, you know, we've taken up surfing, my husband and I. And we're going to the beach, um, you know, rising and going to bed with the sun. And it's been a really great experience. I feel closer to God, I know, in this in this way that I didn't expect. And it's really making me reflect on life and what is important, especially considering and contrasting it to the lifestyle of Toronto, where I'm from. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very ambitious as a person. And here I'm starting to learn that experience that more is not always better. I'm going to touch on that more in this episode and finding fulfillment, especially with a lot of people suffering right now, um, you know, with rising interest rates and with m many issues in various areas, um, you know, and in relation to real estate, that's where I really want to tie it into is there have been a lot of shift in, shifts in the market. I mean, it's undeniable. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of stress. Um, I've personally made adjustments to my portfolio and looked at where I can reduce expenses and adjust my cash flow intake 
uh, here are five changes I want to go into that I've made and I'm seeing other people make in the market. First, for me personally, I sold an underperforming asset in Toronto, uh, which also by spending more time in the U.S. and internationally, you do start to see that there are other places and better opportunities for cash flow and for profiting from real estate. And I think in a globalized world, many people are starting to see that, you know, Canada and Toronto in particular uh, is an aggressive appreciation market or has been in the past. We're seeing that slow down. However, from an investment perspective, your cash flow is limited. Um, a lot of people are cash flow negative and that may only increase with interest rates going up. Now, what I had in Toronto was a condo, it was a pre-construction condo. And over the past few years, I was starting to see some signs of, you know, not really loving um, the unit and the cash flow and once in comparing it to other opportunities. So firstly, the cost of ownership kept going up, the maintenance fees, mortgage costs, and in a condo, you have less control, right? So those maintenance fees are gonna go up uh, relative to what is being charged by the property management. And I can't really improve that asset. I can't um, improve the unit to boost rental rates. I can't short-term rent it because there's regulations in the building. So I'm very much tied to what the market is doing. And during COVID, the rents stagnated uh, simply because of everything that was going on. And at that point, plus the mortgage interest rates that went up, I was cash flow negative on this property. And when I looked at the writing on the wall over the next few years, there was little sign of that, that changing. Um, I'm always going to have a lack of control with this asset. And now in Toronto, especially, we've seen a shift to a buyer's market. And there are other major cities that have seen this as well. Um, just some quick stats for anyone interested is, you know, the average sale price for condos and townhomes has been sitting at 747000 but that's down 6.2% from the same period last year. And, you know, as many investors are realizing that they're not able to hit their cash flow and if their mortgage rates went up, they're even more so cash flow negative, some of them can't afford it and they're starting to liquidate. So we're seeing a lot more assets hitting the market in Toronto. However, the sales are down 12.8% compared to the first eight months of last year. So it's going to be a very interesting time. Luckily, I had seen the writing on the wall and I sold my property for a very good price um, before things started shifting. But that is the challenge in, in these, these markets as interest rates go up and things adjust is what the expectation was for a lot of investors is things would keep going in that direction. And we're seeing people that are not having that experience. Um, you know, a contrast as well between Canadians and Americans. In Canada, we have a shortage mortgage terms. So three to five years. So a lot of people are coming up on their renewals. And those are significantly higher than a few years ago where they were paying, you know, one point something percent. I've heard people had mortgages during COVID and some people as well paying 3%. I, I know some people whose mortgage is going to be going up because they over overextended themselves uh, $5,000. Like That's going to make or break people, right? So there's just a huge shift happening. You know, we've also seen condo developers in Toronto dropping prices for the first time in 10 years. And we're also seeing people that bought pre-con selling below their purchase price, like a fire sale, just because they can't close on the property. So, you know, I got out and what I did I took my profit and paid down another one of my mortgages on another property to boost cash flow at that asset. And I also secured a low renewal rate because my renewal date was coming up like many people. Um, and what I did was made sure to secure something before that day came up to ensure that the property was stabilized. And, you know, all of that sounded very <laughs> gloom and doom. But one thing that is great about real estate and why I'm such a big believer in real estate is a lot of the times you can pivot. 
So for example, if you have an asset, not that condo because I wasn't able to, but if you have an asset where you can change your rental structure, so move it from maybe long-term rentals can be turned into short or midterm rentals to boost cash flow, that is always an option. Um, as well, I've seen people, and it's actually getting very popular in my city, but adding AUD units. So that's um, kind of auxiliary unit connected to your property, uh, whether that's laneway housing or turning garages into rental units, obviously <laughs> with permits and stuff, you're not putting so many in a garage are actually turning into a separate unit. Um, we've seen a lot of that happening and that really gives another opportunity to use assets you already have and find ways to boost cash flow. Now, otherwise, I've seen many people, including myself, pausing, looking at our current portfolio, and looking at how it can be optimized and protected. I have some investors out in Calgary who have purchased some pre-construction units. Rents did go up a lot in Calgary simply because a lot of people are moving from higher price cities like Toronto to, um, you know, very great cities, better lower cost of living. Uh, but they're, you know, kind of looking at their assets and pausing a little bit, assessing, making sure everything they have is protected. So that's what I'm seeing a lot of people doing right now. And in the U.S. multifamily market, there have been drastic shifts the past few years with a number of deals are in trouble. Uh, not to give you more worse news, but we have to give the reality of what's going on. And a lot of those had variable rate mortgages. And we've seen capital calls happening on some assets. And that means investors that had put money in are being asked to put more money in to save the deal. So to make sure operations can continue moving forward distributions are being paused on some other deals and what that means is the cash flow that investors would generally get from a deal whether that's quarterly cash flow or what have you is stopping because it is needed for the operations and the assets and in a number of cases unfortunately there have also been foreclosures coming down the pipeline um, they've happened already and they will likely continue to happen over the next few years so it's been a tough time for a lot of people and even skilled operators are feeling the hit so when the feds increase interest rates faster than any time in history in the U.S. when we're also seeing Canada, ha there has been a lot of shock to the system. And what all of this being said means for you, because at the end of the day, you want to look at your own situation and be able to make intelligent and educated decisions moving forward. And I'm a true believer that you know, life is full of seasons. And in these times of challenge, we really can dig a little bit deeper and reflect on what we can learn from these situations and how we can elevate ourselves moving forward and you know, share that information with others and become more diligent investors and more diligent with our money. So I definitely want to share a few things here that I've learned um, and that I hope will help you. So these are the top three things that I have learned over the past few months, um, which I'm also going to share from the mental clarity in the space of moving to a new place and reflecting on my personal values, um, not only as a businesswoman and investor, but also as a mother and looking at what is truly important and how money can support those objectives. First, one reflective thing that I've come to the conclusion of recently is more is not always better. And I just finished reading a book by Lynn Twist called The Soul of Money. I highly recommend. And in it, she writes, more is better is a chase with no end and a race without winners when we let go of the chase for more and consciously examine and experiences the resources we already have we discover our resources are deeper than we know or imagined in the nourishment of our attention our assets expand and grow and i thought this is beautiful because in the past two years what we've seen is a lot of people over leveraging living above their means going 
big without consideration of the true risks and manageability and also if it's truly what they of what they want um without it being a consideration of the cultural construct which you know in western culture it is that uh ideology of you know expansion and growth and ambition and capitalism and i'm very much someone who believes in hard work and getting returns on your efforts however when a lot of people get caught in this and i'm speaking from somebody who's you know spent years chasing money in a real estate career real estate sales career it's actually addressing is is this fulfilling to you know my happiness or being true to who i am as a person and lynn talks about the the mindset of scarcity that pervades western culture this scale or die ideology that like i said i've been susceptible to and i worked towards when i was looking to grow a million dollar in revenue real estate sales business and moving to costa rica and truly experiencing the joy of simplicity <laughs> you know we we don't do fancy things here there's no um you know, lineups or reservation restaurants, you know, we're going to the market, getting fresh food, going to the beach, just spending time with television and advertising and all of those things. And also with that ability and connection um, to look at what's going on in other areas. So we're also connected at the same time. And I am very in touch and in tune with what's happening to a lot of people uh, in the real estate market and with our recessive economy. And it's really brought Lynn's words to the forefront for me as an assessment of what what is enough <laughs> and why isn't a lot enough for many. Um, and I'm not here to say stop working, stop growing, stop investing. I'm going to continue to do these things. It's more so doing these things from a space of understanding your personal goals, needs, risk tolerance versus doing more for more's sake. And I think that's what Lynn is really pointing to because I've started to see it as well. Multimillionaires on IG telling you you know, what leads to a good life. Um, and I've seen this narrative shift, for example, you know, Dan Blitzerian, I may be pronouncing it wrong, but he's the famous multimillionaire who is always on yachts, had tons of girls around him doing crazy, crazy stuff. And I've seen him recently share about, you know, none of that has actually made him happier. And what he's shared and makes him the happiest is hanging out with his friends and surfing. <laughs> And that doesn't cost much. And I, I can actually agree that surfing is quite enjoyable. We've started doing it here um, in the town that we're in. It's a, it's a surf town, so a lot of surfers. And just reflecting on as we're in this, you know, rebirth moment with this recessive market, rebirth moment for many is looking at how much we need and what is really more aligned to our spirit and our soul. So highly recommend The Soul of Money. If you're in a position of, you know, wanting to address your relationship with money a little bit more um, and, you know, just it's just a great read. So highly recommend. Uh, second, I would say don't stop investing. <laughs> Keep investing because that is a fulfillment of the potential to create that passive income to live a life that you love and proceed with caution uh, with all the challenges coming to a head right now with many investments who you invest with is proving to be very critical um, like i said in u.s multifamily a number of operators that started during the last few years when things were hot 
everywhere are the ones struggling right now because they overpaid for assets, expecting things to keep going up. Um, they do not have adequate asset management experience to boost the net, net operating income and cut costs appropriately to make sure there is, you know, profitability and ability to pay back investors. Um, you know, I've heard of more experienced operators that had knew to overraise on deals to have a better cushion for what's happening now and that also run a tighter ship with their experience with property management. And this is not to say they're continuing to see exponential profits. It's really that they are still able, though, to provide their investors their returns and adequately protect their investors' capital. So for anyone looking to invest passively in deals, 100%, there's going to be incredible opportunities coming over the next few years with distressed assets. But I would say proceed with caution, look at who you're investing with, spend the appropriate amount of time in doing your due diligence and assessing your personal risk tolerance. Uh, thirdly, I'd say from everything that's been happening and just this experience of moving away, appreciate what you do have. I think that is um, underappreciated in our culture of more is better. Um, you know, I, I continue to spend more time, actually quality time with my kids being down here in this kind of slower paced environment. And I, I look at how healthy and happy my children are, you know, the absolute beautiful uh, landscape, the ocean and the gorgeous trees and just the beauty of, you know, what God has created in the earth. And I look at our incredible family and at the end of the day, you know, there's always going to be ways to work harder and make more money. Um, but once again, reflecting on the soul of money, as Lynn Twist writes, no amount of money will buy you genuine peace of mind. I do bet, though, if you look at when you are happiest and most present, it will be doing things that cost little. And I think the focus is for all of us is to spend more time considering this versus chasing money constantly over leveraging yourself, because this is going to be a mountain with no top. And I'm truly living in a season now, focusing on more on what makes me happy, what's best for, for my family, and how much that lifestyle costs, truly, and, and working backwards and how to create a life by design where money through real estate, through investing supports this and where that truly is good enough. And I still have very large goals right now to donate money to charity. Um, I'm always donating to charity, but I have very, very big ambitions to donate a large sum to God behind bars. And that pulls me forward always. So it's really about looking at what's important to you uh, and putting your money to a higher purpose. So I hope this episode was of value. I know it's a little bit different, um, but I do want to say that for everybody, stepping out of that hustle hustle does provide a lot of clarity. Um, you know, our, our experience in Costa Rica so far has been more enlightening <laughs> than I expected, um, to be honest. And it's really brought me to this wisdom of simplicity, community, and self-awareness. And these lessons have guided me through what I'm hearing a lot of people struggling with right now in the real estate market. So if you're a seasoned real estate investor or just entering the field, that it's not just about doing more, it's about doing what truly matters and using your investing to support your lifestyle and what matters to you. If you like this episode, make sure to leave me a five-star review. I'm always happy to hear feedback as well if there's anything you would love to hear about. And if there's any women out there that are looking to get into a community, 
and learn more about passive real estate investing and opportunities that are available to you and proceeding in a way that elevates your financial standing, but also with caution and doing appropriate due diligence. The Trailblazers community is coming out soon. I'm so excited. It's going to be an intimate community of women at a similar caliber and level looking to elevate their understanding of real estate investing and get access to real deal opportunities. If you are interested, please reach out to me. You can email me, sarah at highlycapital.com. You can also shoot me a message on LinkedIn. I am very active on there. Let's grow our wealth together, everybody, and have a blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Endless Wealth Podcast. If you loved what you heard here, please leave me a five-star review on Apple. It would mean the world to me to get this information out to more people like you.